Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Buzz Dixon. I am the writer and story editor of G.I. Joe, and I'm here at Knowing is Half the Podcast, and uh, I'm with Ray, Robert, and Gina, and have a good time. He never gives up till stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. Welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. My name is Ray Stacanus. Were you waiting for us to jump down he, your throat? He was for waiting that? for the applause. Ugh. There, wait, Hold there is a applause. whole studio. Why, why do we even have a st- whole studio audience here at the Chanshin Studios? <laughs> if Everybody, they're not going to applaud for up. me to enter Be the quiet. Show? Just quietly observe. This is the most polite studio audience I've ever heard in mm-hmm. my entire life. Or the mm-hmm. least entertained. <laughs> Gina cuts to the quick every time. Wow. The words they cut like a knife <laughs> in my soul. Uh who are you guys? You know, we've been doing this show for uh well over a year, almost 2 years. Yeah, but this ep- every episode is somebody's now. first time hearing the show. Um, you should know that. That is I I I doubt that. If this is your first time listening to the show and you're hearing this right now, first mm-hmm. off, I'm sorry that Chan yeah. just won't play ball this with the intro. <laughs> but two, let us know at G.I. Joe Podcast on Twitter and say, Chan, it was my first time and you ruined it. All just like prom. Know, all, just like prom. All I need to know is what? there's there's the stupid one, the angry one, and the sexy one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll, I'll let you guys which, figure out. Which one is which? Which? <laughs> Uh, Guys, I totally know which one is. Oh my god, have we? No, we must have done it because we've been doing this for long enough now that at some point somebody thought like, "Oh, we should do an FMK for us." Um, We talked about we've done that. Yeah, would you? Would you? Were not surprising. Would you believe everyone would either kill me or like one dude said he would marry me, and I'm like, thank you. (laughs) I I think I think across the board it was it was kill Ray, marry Chan, fuck Gina. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) From people who participated, but if you haven't participated, please. Oh yeah, let's sure. bring that back again, yeah. please, everybody. <laughs> tweet, tweet at us and tell us why you would FMK each of us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, you don't need to do that at all. <laughs> oh, Ray, I, I Ray let is, you off the hook. Ray's feeling bad about himself, so please, someone say that you would F him. No, <laughs> he'll feel better. Here's he'll the, feel better. It's taken thirty some odd years. Nobody said it yet. <laughs> why start now, everybody? I've come to grips with my my lot in life. 
Um, one thing I noticed uh, during the theme song, we're talking about an episode called My Brother's Keeper, written by Buzz Dixon. Now, he sounds familiar. Would mm. I know his other work? <laughs> Um, yeah, the, and this is a classic Buzz episode. Oh, um, very much. Just uh, all, all sorts of inside gags and, and self-referential humor and... Nerd uh, stuff. Genuinely funny jokes that yep. I actually laughed at rather than being like, oh, yeah, well, this is a show from the 80s and it's for children, so I guess I'll get a pity <laughs> laugh for that because it was good. Like, no, ab- actually funny jokes, so... Uh, absolutely, and I will say right now, of course, you know Buzz Dixon. He's been on the show a few times talking about stuff. I reached out to Buzz, and he had one like quick, quick hit about the episode mm-hmm. that I'll reveal at the appropriate time Ooh. because it really didn't surprise me, but also very much <laughs> surprised me about this episode. <laughs> well, it's right towards the end, and we'll get to it. Um, one thing I noticed during the theme song of this, and I'm always, I'm always watching that 30 second intro. I know this is when Gina's usually like getting something to drink. Yeah. Um, but I am always like rapt attention to the theme song because <laughs> I always notice something different. Uh-huh. The big thing I noticed here is during the opening credits, Sergeant Slaughter's um, T machine. I forget what exactly what it's called. The the triple T. That's what it's called. Triple tough tank. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh yeah. Oh and God. he's driving God. in. He's got sci-fi on one side. And he jumps out and he punches monkey wrench and breaks his glasses. But the other side of it, he's got quick kick. Quick Kick is on the other side of his vehicle. Have we seen Quick Kick in a single episode this entire season? Uh, I think maybe like in the background or something. Maybe. I miss the season one characters whose names I know. <laughs> you spent all that time learning them. And I now know. I shouldn't, got... have. I shouldn't have. No. Would have prepared you better. <laughs> I just It was just so weird to me to see Quick Kick in the intro like right away and be like, he's not on this show. Yeah. It would be like the opening to, you know, like Growing Pains, and they just have an actor like uh, with their faces in the, in the pictures appear in the opening credits, but that actor is not on the show anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Um, we open up the episode with low light and dial tone on a spying mission. Uh-huh. And they're they're at a Cobra base, and they're checking in on communications. I'm still a little bit unclear as to the exact nature of their visit. They're not allowed to say. It's, it's classified. It's classified. Yeah. It's like, when, it's like when the U.S. spies on people, and they're like, we're not really spying on people. Well, Don't ask us about that. It's weird because they're there. Sci-fi and Lowlighter, or Dial Tone and Lowlighter, they're at this base. And then later in the episode, they're like, oh, that's where the secret base is. I'm like, but weren't you already there like Wait, 10 minutes ago? What? I don't know. No, two completely The place bases. where the Voltro- uh, Voltronic Galaxiter beam is. Yeah, that's uh, that was where the, uh, um, the, test, the site? test site is. Okay. The, they went back to Dr. Mindbender's like, chief hidey hole. Oh, okay. So that was a little confusing to me right there. But Yeah, um, well, I mean, one of them was a base and the other one was a goddamn castle, Ray. You know what? I should have noticed that. <laughs> Dr. Mindbender and Serpentor kind of get into it a little bit here. Sure. Dr. Mindbender's like, it's science. You do experiments, and sometimes things go wrong. Mm -hmm. That's how you do what we call learning. Yeah. And Serpentor's like, I've given you three shots at this. Maybe I should just kill you. I mean, yes. Here's here's the thing. Serpentor, (laughs) I feel like... He's a motivator. He's you know he's read he's read all of history's greatest uh, middle management textbooks. Like Lee Iacocca. And, he's taking yeah. some Tony Robbins seminars. Tony mm-hmm. Robbins. He watches a lot of TED talks. That's <laughs> and for sure. He's providing motivation for Doctor Mindbender. I, as a scientist, uh, side with Mindbender and like you know what you're gonna you're gonna make some mistakes. You got to go through the scientific process, and there's you know uh, just you can't rush things. So I understand that, but also I understand that Serpentor, 
you know, he's got a job to do. And so there's a lot of bluster there. Like, oh, how dare you and get it done? I demand results now in real life. You know, he's just like, well, I'll give him a few more tries. Sir Pentor makes a point to say he read the technical reports on the Voltronic Galaxiter beam. And I'm like, why? What does the guy with Genghis Khan's DNA going to know about this level of super science? Listen, Uh, he's not going to pull a Trump and be like, oh, just just summarize. He wants to be involved at all levels. No, if he was like Trump, he'd be like, Dr. Mindbender, let me tell you about what the Voltronic Galaxiter (laughs) does. He knows. I mean, that's the thing. It's the great Voltronic Galaxiter ever. So we're going to make the Voltronic Galaxiter great again. And we're going to make the Joe team pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, go back and listen to our podcast. Buzz Dixon episode where he talks about the Voltronic Galaxiter. What? Do you? I don't remember you that people either. are staring at me like idiots. The hell is wrong with you people? I didn't read your report. Did you? <laughs> yes, but you were in the room when Buzz Dixon talked about the Voltronic Galaxiter. I'll be honest, I don't remember that conversation. I do not remember. Uh, I gotta, somebody... I'll have to go back and listen now. <laughs> this is exciting. One of the one of I believe one of the scripts that he was handed uh, from someone that I don't think they used it. Um, they had an item in there called the Voltronic Laxer, and everybody made fun of them uh, be- it was because it was like such a bullshit term. <laughs> uh, and so they would, around around the uh, writer's room, they would always refer to it when they're like, like a a, um, uh, a red herring type thing, a device. Oh, that's, that's great. Uh, Love it. And, and then at some point, yeah, they're like, it must have been like, let's just put it in. It's, it's a thing. Like, we yeah. already have the MacGuffin device, yeah, for God's yeah. sake. Exactly. That's what it was. It was their version of the MacGuffin. And so, Chan, being a science guy, can you tell me what a Voltronic Galaxiter is? Uh, I was uh, a little fuzzy on the science of what it what it is exactly. Here's the thing. I feel like it's just, it's a combination of Voltron. Voltron, mm-hmm. the five lions who can make the giant robot man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a galaxy. And, and a galaxy. So a laxative. It's, yeah, yeah. So, so it's basically like five planets that are actually lions. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm with you so far. Mm-hmm. Eat a bunch of uh, fiber one bars. Okay. This is why Gina is not the science consultant <laughs> on the show. So, Chan, do you have a real answer for us? <laughs> when the Voltronic Galaxitor beam strikes this steel, it will reverse the structural polarity, turning it into an antimatter bomb. Whoa. That's like exactly <laughs> what I said. You were, I mean, to be fair, with minus the part about the pooping planets, yeah, you pretty much nailed what he said right there. Uh, I believe the concept here is that, I mean, reverse polarity is is a classic uh, techno babble term that just sounds uh, really good. Sounds good um, to me. The, ba- he's saying that it's turning basically matter into antimatter. Oh, so uh, I, uh, you would, yeah, you would, you would turn the electrons into positrons. You would turn um, dogs into cats. Uh, yes. Uh, they would be living together inside the uh, <laughs> nucleus of the molecule. That's mass hysteria. Um, yeah, it's 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 not a thing that you could do. But uh, I, I feel like more than once they have pulled this antimatter thing. It's like it turns matter into antimatter. Yeah, okay. I, I think um, we've heard that before. Yeah, I'm into it. I feel like it's a big Star Trek thing too. Yeah, or a Plan Nine from outer space thing. They were mm-hmm. going to turn sunlight into a bomb. Oh, nice. See, that was a good one. <laughs> we're introduced to Coach Doctor Mindbender's. Like, look. I am not the guy to make this thing. You put me on the Voltronic Galaxiter duty. Right. I've been telling you for months I'm now. I'm a mind control dude. It's not my my field. Mm-hmm. We need to get Jeremy Penser. Yep. Who is like 25-year-old Stephen Hawking? Is that Basically, yeah. Is that the jam? Uh wh- wh- yeah, what I'm curious about is 
was Stephen Hawking like a recognizable figure oh, at yeah. this time? Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he was. He He's been famous yeah, for yeah. a long time. The uh, brief history of time, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that had already been written. Um, oh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention right now is uh, Dialtown and uh, uh, Lowlight get found by a lady, a lady, a lady cobra. Yeah, and she kind of kicks her ass for a yep. little while. She, she Lowlight goes to grab her, and she straight up like wails on him. Yeah. And I'm sort of like, none of this had to be in the episode. Good job, Buzz Dixon. Can yeah. I say right now for having Lady Cobra not just come in, but come in? You know, she's going to get beaten. She's a Lady Cobra. You know, she's Cobra in the opening scene of a G.I. Joe episode. She's going to get defeated and tied up, sure. But the fact that she came in and kicked a little ass before she went down, that's mm-hmm. not a jobber. Yeah. <laughs> that's a straight-up mid-carder, and I'm just happy about it. Yep, she's yep. she's going to leave a couple she's bruises a on those guys. This is Terry Taylor, Red Rooster. That's what uh, I'm talking about. Oh also, there's a poll for you. <laughs> uh, just for reference, and... I'm, I'm going to say this because I have even more respect for them now. Uh, Brief History of Time did not come out until 1988, oh. which means this is probably still a reference to Stephen Hawking, but before he had broken into the mainstream, oh. like these these writers were some hardcore nerds. I don't. Oh, yes. thing, I don't know if I, I didn't get the Stephen Hawking because this guy is you realize much that Stephen more... Hawking's a brilliant dude in a wheelchair, right? Yeah, but, and but, redefined the nature of but, physics. But this guy is much more able bodied. Well, he is. His uh, upper body works fine. Also, Stephen Hawking uh, has a, uh, a progressive disease that was not, he wasn't uh, as disabled back then as he is now. Okay, yeah, that's true. He was still pretty disabled, though, but... Yeah, but... Well, how about the, the fact that... I mean, let's just be impressed by Stephen Hawking for a second. He's a guy <laughs> at a young age who said, I have this... this rare progressive disease i better get to work now on how i'm gonna like <laughs> solve it no <laughs> and what he, he did he didn't was, solve it. i have to be so goddamn smart that they need to keep me alive yeah that's how mm-hmm. good i have to be but like yeah. he didn't he design his own like wheelchair and like all the things in his life that function like he made it all just because he knew that's where he was going like mad ups to this guy right here look you know i'm a little sore in the morning i don't even want to get out of bed <laughs> This guy's like, no, I need to work overtime while I still can because the poop's going downhill. Before we were recording, Ray was complaining that he had got a massage a week ago. <laughs> oh my and god, feels sore why, from it. Why you got to bring this up, guys? I, I, I also feel Ray's... like that wasn't a massage. That was like some guy beat him up, and Ray <laughs> thought it was like a guy trying to give him a massage. Either way, it cost me like fifty bucks. So. <laughs> No, come on. Deep tissue massage. Not that that's what I got. Oh, I was going to say, was it a deep tissue it massage? It wasn't. And I'm always just like, maybe I should get a deep tissue massage because I'm made of gnarls and and branches. What kind did you get? It's just a normal Swedish hot stone massage. That should not leave you sore, right? And I had like chest pain for like three days. That's and now a it's, heart attack. It's, but it's moved over to the side. And now it's mainly numbness in my arm <laughs> and my left side of my face. So what should I make of that? That's the massage, right? You're, you're fine. Oh, okay, great. Make sure you uh, go home and eat lots of fatty foods. I do. That, that's the cure. That's all I do, Gina. Yeah, you'll you'll be fine. Though. Oh, great then. Cool. Um, and a fun, a fun little thing happens. Uh, the, a whole bunch of Cobra stuns pop out right here. And G.I. Joe like sets off on their devil fish, and the stuns like blow it up from the ledge of the ravine. Before they do this, they jump head freaking first into water. Yeah. Why would you jump headfirst into that water? Because you, it's, it's, it cushions you, and you just go right in. 
yeah. swim to the boat. Duh. Yeah, that's how that's how things work. That's how water works. When you go head and soft neck and clavicle first. <laughs> Listen, we've watched enough episodes in the G.I. Joe universe to know that no matter how high a, a distance you... Do you remember when the people were on the dock with that giant like ocean liner and all the people just jumped oh, 10 yeah. stories down into the water and everybody was fine? Yeah, yeah. I trust two Joes at half that distance is all I'm trying to say right now. Uh-huh. Um, so there it is. So they, 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 they blow up the thing. The Cobras are like celebrating. They leave and it turns out it was a decoy. And I'm like, that's an actually smart plan. Yeah. I, when I saw the one uh, devil fish, I was like, didn't they have two? What the fuck? And then when they popped up, uh, it's a decoy. I'm like, whoa, that is some sophisticated shit there. And- I also feel like, though, the government oversight spending committee should oh. really get on them. Oh, no. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Look, um, they waste a lot of money at GI Joe. Uh, yeah. No. This, goes, this goes under the save the smartest <laughs> person in the country uh, budget, and that's a pretty big budget. Uh, I will say right now, though, and you know why that boat trick was so impressive? Because they used remote controls to do it. Remote control is the most important uh, technological advance of the 1980s we've talked about before. <laughs> That's true. All right. Yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> we'll cut back to Joe Base. And Sergeant Slaughter's back, everybody. <sighs> we, I love Sergeant Slaughter. How dare you? He's my favzos. Um, here's what I didn't realize uh, back when we first started this thing. Uh, I, I picked the characters just because I was like, well, obviously, Ray likes Sergeant Slaughter. And, uh, this guy looks kind of like me. This looks kind of like Gina or whatever. Um, I didn't realize how uh, <laughs> how dead on you would be. Dynamic. Because <laughs> for some reason, Sergeant Slaughter hates Dr. Mindbender, presumably because he's an egghead. And he's always but, like, threatening him with violence. Yeah, for no particular reason. Like, I still owe that guy. I was like, you owe all of the Cobras. <laughs> Why are you singling out Mindbender? What is this weirdness? And that actually, like, I wanted that to be a character thing in some future thing I write, where every single time like these this this villain and this hero meet mm. and it's not every episode but every time they meet the hero feels slighted from the last time they met specifically <laughs> and i really owe you for that time and then like something else happens so the next time they meet he's like oh i thought i was mad before but the last time we met you really wronged me and you extend that over like four seasons and turn it into a running gag of just like every time the last time they met was the worst thing that ever happened to this guy's life and i think that's so fun like, yeah, but the, the Baroness like like raped and murdered your family. Why are you coming back to me? <laughs> you what took my do? DNA. <laughs> I'm still mad about it, even though it wasn't even used. I f- was that it? Was it taking the DNA? That uh, they, I think they well they did because he took his DNA, but that was the one that Cobra Commander corrupted in Arise Serpentor Arise. Right. Oh yeah, and then oh. I thought the I, I, tank oh. broke the second time it, they fought. Yeah, but he but uh. <sighs> Yeah. No, you know what? I got this. Uh, when they say they took his DNA, um, I'm pretty sure I Jeez. know what he means. Oh, boy. And I'm pretty sure Sergeant Slaughter w- felt shame. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, and he f- he felt like uh, my not only was my not only had he been violated uh, sexually, but also <laughs> he felt like less of a man. He then thought him. Then he had dreams of Doctor Mindbender, and he was like, "Oh my God, am I gay? I don't know what's happening here. I feel all of these wow. feelings, and so you know, now he's. I owe you. I owe you for all of that. I'm not saying I agree with you, Chan, but I'm. I will say it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm <laughs> in just, the moment. I'm just putting out some backstory here that <laughs> it fits all of the data. 
Well, I'm it, say. they need to go protect or at least talk to Jeremy Penzer because mm-hmm. they got his name from the communications. That's what the spy right. mission was about. Yeah. So he says, uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, you have to go to a sci-fi convention. Yes. San, San Diego Comic-Con, basically. Yes. And the it, World Sci-Fi Convention, which would that have been uh, Comic-Con? I would assume so, I yeah. Comic-Con goes back a long time. Because there were, there were conventions, and I think probably New York may have had the first one. Uh, they may have been thinking about that. They did. At, at the, the time, it was pretty small. Yeah. I mean, um, let's see. Gina, you looked that up. Because I'll say right now, sci-fi is wearing... Is, we learned a little bit about sci-fi right now. Like, Yeah, on his downtime, he's in his room, a very Spartan room, in his gear, in watching his gear. Transformers. <laughs> watching, the specifically watching Transformers is uh-huh. what I wanted to hit on. I loved the crossover right there. <laughs> I also like the fact he just has random, like, what would some nerd have on his wall? I don't know, like a picture of the moon. <laughs> That's what it nerds would out. have. It checks out. Not, not you know, anime babe or anything like that. <laughs> it's just the most generic stock photos we could find of nerd shit. Sure. And you know what? They're right. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> had uh, a big old poster of the planets on my wall when I was a kid. And oh, yeah, yeah, 1970. 1970. So, so Comic-Con yes. goes back a long time yeah. in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this is a legit thing. And also, Sergeant Slaughter makes the point to tell Sci-Fi, I'm uncomfortable. Meanwhile, Sergeant Slaughter is wearing <laughs> a, a U-cut <laughs> t-shirt, a whistle, uh, a ranger hat, sunglasses, and military fatigues from the waist down. Mm-hmm. He's turning to Sci-Fi, who's wearing a bright neon green like spacesuit, basically. And he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm a little uncomfortable with what you're wearing." Yeah, and I really just wanted to, uh, Sci-Fi to say nothing but pull a mirror out of his pocket and just hold it right <laughs> up to Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Instead, he just assures him, "I'll be fine." <laughs> Clearly, you've Sar- Sarge. You've never been to a, a comic book convention before. Also, has Sergeant Slaughter never been on any other mission with Sci-Fi? Because yeah. this is literally the only mission where he would fit in, and no one would notice. Yeah, True, yeah. anywhere else in the world at any time that he would go. Well, usually, they put him up in the up in the sniper's tower. Because okay. he uses the laser beam sniper rifle. Oh, okay. Like, that's his deal. So they do keep him away from the people most <laughs> of the time. Now, granted, what I brief things I know about snipers are you want to blend into your surroundings. Sure. Sure. So, again, maybe his choice of attire, not the best. All sorts of issues. But, you know, it's G.I. Joe. We, we, we just allow for things. Don't outfit shame him. How dare you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How um, dare you snipe shame? <laughs> Uh, so they end up at Comic Con. Yes, and this is such a fantastic. Uh, it's too real. Segment. It's it too real. One hundred percent real, and it's great that we can look back and like y- you can make these same jokes uh, thirty years ago, still just as true today. Yep. Nothing's changed. One hundred percent. Could you yeah. have just a sound clip? Because there's one particular property that uh, 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 the kid at the comic book convention is very very excited about. <laughs> Number 28. I hear Dash Jordan is going to lecture. The sequel to the Attack of the Turnips will be out next month. The sequel to Attack of the Turnips. Here's the thing. That actually made me, because the the first thing is a real thing that they're talking about. The Mm -hmm. second thing I was like, that sounds real. And then I was like. That was made up. Okay, okay. Because I was like, But well, it was plausible. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, oh, please let Attack of the Turnips be a thing. <laughs> Did but you Google realized, Attack like, of the Turnips? No, but I was like, oh, it's like obviously supposed to be like Attack of the T- Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm going to Google it. <laughs> uh, well, we, something called Attack of the 50 Foot Turnip did just come up, so I don't know. Oh. I want that. Well, this is the sequel, mind you. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also a great comic book because we meet Jeremy and his brother Timothy. Jeremy is voiced by the actor who plays uh, Shipwreck. 
Jeremy is a Very clearly. Dick. And he's a piece of shit. Oh, oh I hate Jesus. him so much. Oh, Attack of the Turnips classic game. Go on. This might this might be a thing. Well, I'll just say right now, Jeremy is like he's the he's the smart guy everybody hates. Because you, you don't even feel good about beating him up because he's, he's not, already in a wheelchair. He's not a smart guy. I would feel good about beating this guy up. Would you? Yes, he's a dick. Here's the thing. There he's are, the worst. There are smart nerds uh, who are just, uh, they're uh, socially awkward. Sure. Uh, this guy is socially awkward and is also not smart. You he's, don't think he's smart? And I didn't. He's written books. He has fans. What? No, thing. no, no. Oh, oh, you're talking about the... Uh, I'm talking about Jeremy. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Timothy. Timothy My bad. is just his brother who carries him around. Oh, okay. I'm on a completely different page from you. No, I cannot no, Timothy... stand that little piece of shit, Timothy. No! Jeremy's great. Timothy is put up with so much bullshit. I love Jeremy. Okay, He's okay. A... You love Tim- Jeremy. He's Tim- a good guy. Tim- oh, oh, Timothy is also oh, no. annoying. We're going to fight over this. <laughs> I want Jeremy to just get the crap kicked out of him. Yes. I did also find Timothy annoying, so I kind of want to go back in time and kill both their parents. Look, Timothy... Stop it. Tim- Timothy is the he's trying to get his brother's approval. Ugh. Timothy is a giant comic book nerd. He Ugh. likes a property called Gung Ho Goose. That if that was a thing, I'd own every issue of it. It was uh, I am told a play. Uh, I'm told by the internet, so take that for what it's worth. A play on Destroyer Duck, which was um, created by it was an actual comic created by Steve Gerber when sense. he was uh, to help fund his lawsuit against Marvel over Howard the Duck. I say, how, it reminded me a lot of fight. Howard the Duck. Yeah, Destroyer Duck. And I actually remember this comic and I had no idea the context of it when I was a little kid. I remember seeing it in the comic shop like, what the hell is that? Um, yeah, so so we're introduced to, to Jeremy, who's yep. yeah, he's a, he's he is the angry nerd. Nobody's as smart as me. He right. has written, but he's Stephen Hawking, so probably nobody is as smart as him. Yes, he didn't got to be a dick. And about also, it, he's in a wheelchair. He has been cheated by the universe. Don't care. How do we know that wasn't a football injury that forced him to become smart? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what you what what you're positing is that he was a uh, a jerky football player. No, he was uh, a nice and, football player. A nice football player. He he got his back broken. He spinal injury, yeah. Uh-huh. And so now he's like, turned to guess I have to do super physics. science now. That's a classic villain uh, uh, origin story. Am uh-huh. I wrong? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I hate him. There's no I reason to him. be. There's no reason to be mean to his brother like that. Uh, yeah, there is. No, the kid's an idiot. And he's like, hey, let me push a wheelchair. Uh, that was he, that was super aggressive. I will I will agree on that. He is happy to accept his help anytime. Like clearly, this oh, is this you is you mean set up. like when Timothy knocks over all the fucking books? Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'll I'll fix that for you. Oh, I can't because I'm in a goddamn wheelchair. Here's How about thing. you not break my displays? If I were Timothy, I'd be like, cool. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave you here, and then we'll see how long it takes for you to die. That's that's. I what mean, I would that's say. the correct that's answer. That's what I would say. Timothy is again. He's seeking approval, and there's the thing where or Jeremy's yelling at him. He's dropped his comic books. He goes and he wants to grab the wheelchair. I'll just push you around. He's like, I am at a booth. This yeah. is not an appropriate time. <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be. It's, I don't need to be pushed anywhere. I am here. It's a little aggressive to begin with for you to just like force me to go somewhere. Ray, don't go over to the dark side. Oh, no, Jeremy's an asshole. Don't get me wrong. I do not nope, care for him nope, at nope. all. Anybody who uses hoi polloi is okay in he my book. He says hoi polloi, for God's <laughs> sake. And then Timothy, what's hoi polloi? All of them. <laughs> oh, and you get a little evil giggle. How dare you, Jeremy? I, I 100% on Jeremy's side on 
on this one. So um, there's a big thing that happens. Zorana pretends to like be a fan, and Jeremy's yep. first sign that something's off should have been this woman is talking to me politely. <laughs> Because uh, no. I don't think no. women like Jeremy uh, at all. Oh, at dude. a Comic Con, anyone will talk to anyone. I saw women getting Mike Tyson's uh, autograph. Also, if, that's only safe because it's in public. Despite the fact <laughs> that he's a raper. Yes. Uh, uh, if, so, if, if uh, Stephen Hawking <laughs> showed up at a Comic Con, uh, women would be all over him. Oh, yeah. They would be looking to get that. They would that wrap their vaginas around his face like, a, like an octopus like, eating mm, a clam. That. Mm-hmm. That. Is not hot. <laughs> I think isn't it supposed to be the other way around? No, octopi like grab that clam and they stuff it in there. Right, like, but if it's teeth a, hole, I know. Well, can I just say? Okay, so you're you're that's vaginal dentata is what oh, you're saying. It's like these women like, come into my vagina with teeth. Uh, what I was thinking in my head, yes, that please. noise that I made was, uh, you know, at the uh, uh, in Tran- Transformers the movie when uh, Constructor the, when Unicron starts to eat a planet oh, and there's that big old mouth. It's like chomp, 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 chomp. You think that's what vaginas are like? Yes, <laughs> I have had sex many times. <laughs> many women let me touch their privates. <laughs> I am uh. good at the sex. <laughs> Congratulations on your engagement, Chan. I, I'm happy for. Trust me, nobody's more surprised than we are. <laughs> no, I am more surprised than we are. <laughs> uh, it's fair enough. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So uh, there's a big elaborate ruse. They get uh, GI Joe to leave the room. Sci-Fi and Sergeant Slaughter bump mm. into Zarana, and she yep. and she says, "Oh, Jeremy's out in the main hall. Go yep. get him." Because they could. Because Sergeant Slaughter can't pick up a fucking uh, convention guide and read where Jeremy <laughs> Penzer is. Like, hey, those things are. Are, are confusing. Yeah, but normally Comic Cons are very dense. This one feels very spread out. Yeah. There is it's well, easy to find everything. Also, yeah, it's nineteen eighty six. It's yeah, it's not it's as not much the... sci fi back then. Yeah. Um so Dr. Mindbender, this is an interesting moment to me because he goes over to Jeremy and he says, Hey Jeremy, uh I'm from Cobra, international terrorist organization, might have heard of us. Uh, we want you to work in our Voltronic Galaxiter. And immediately Jeremy's like, Oh yeah, I totally know what that is, and I could totally help you with that, but I don't yep. even know why I'd want to. Yeah, uh, he's smart as shit. <laughs> so he just knows about like secret, like laser beam antimatter bombs. That I mean, just, it's probably one I of those like things, was... like like uh, a uh, a positron accelerator or something. Yeah, like, that. like a con- like, like someone came up with the concept, like oh, if someone could do this, this, and this, it could potentially do this. Yeah, but he just knows it by name. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a stupid name, but if there were if if there was work being done on turning matter into antimatter with some sort of beam, absolutely, uh, a, a scientist would know about like, it. Yeah, like I bet before the Large Hadron Collider was a thing, if you mentioned that to a, a crazy smart person, you just would, say, "Hey, you ready to go work on the Large Hadron Collider?" They'd, they'd be, be like, like "Oh, yeah. you mean like the spinny chamber with the matter and the?" They yeah. would know exactly. They would just what you're know. Talking about. I mm-hmm. actually theorize. That Jeremy read about this in a feature because he has a subscription to Cobra Life magazine. Oh. I think he's curious about dabbling in the dark side. That's why when Cobra comes up to him, he's just like, I mean, yeah, I've thought about working for you guys before, but make it worth my while. Uh-huh. I could see Cobra Life being a uh, good recruitment tool yeah. for uh, uh, your your scientists, your angry scientists who feel... Uh, Pre-internet, now you've got all those alt-right sites and the white supremacist nonsense on the internet. Sure. That Ray then, goes well. Oh, I've been mm. to them all. Please. <laughs> you guys have been to the rallies. What do we... 
Uh, I would just think that back in the 80s, you didn't have the internet. So I would think right. a, a magazine publication sent to your house is the obvious way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, uh, also, I was only trying to help. For reals. For reals. You're into this guy. Uh, I was only trying I'm not, to help. Listen, I clearly I wrote in my no- notes, Timothy kind of sucks. Thank you. But. Thank you. But I wrote. I also wrote Jeremy Penser is a dick, not once, but twice. And the second the second time I wrote it, I wrote paralyzed guy is a dick. No, Timothy goes over and says, hey, those are terrorists. Don't work for terrorists. And Jeremy's like, fuck off, Timothy. I'm talking to the terrorists right now. And he's like, well, you have the power in this relationship. I'm the bottom. You're the top. That's how this thing works. If I was at a Comic-Con and someone was like talking to like ISIS, I'd be like, I'd be like. Hey, hello! Someone's over here talking to ISIS. Everyone, turn and look at this. ISIS is here. The thing Can we is, get some security guards here? ISIS is here. At a comic book convention, how do we know they're not just cosplaying? Yeah, this that's, is the that's problem. True. This, that's and this true. will, of course, get into this even more <laughs> later. Yes, but also uh, part of the reason why Jeremy is a dick is because Timothy is the worst. Could you imagine every single day waking up realizing that you can't walk? Having to get yourself into a wheelchair, and your little brother comes over. Hey, can I push you around? No, no. Hey, I, I just want to help. This is how I picture hey, it. I picture a- Jeremy being like, "Oh God, Timothy, I hate you so much." And then, like two minutes later, he's like, "I dropped my pencil, Jeremy." Timothy. Yeah, that's Timothy, more I like no. It's Timothy walking in, knocking over the pencil cup that has been placed so that Jeremy can reach it. It's like, oh, did I do that? Oh, any, so he's Urkel? Is point, that where we're going with that? At any point, Jeremy could have sent him away, but he doesn't because he relies on him for everything. Everything. And, and any normal person who is relied upon by everything for everything by someone like that would at some point think of killing them, no matter how nice they were. Oh, without question. So the fact that he not only doesn't think about killing him, but is like, yeah, yeah, I want to help my my burden of a bar- paralyzed brother did ha, did he do a did timothy do a single helpful thing this episode uh, he, uh, his a brother thinks so thing. at the end because yeah. they tenderly touch hands we'll get there <laughs> that's a moment unto itself um no well i that's just a have moment here... of weakness as far as i'm concerned gi joe will return after these messages Nobody beats G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe Phantom X-19. But Cobra rules the beaches with the Cobra Bug. Over the land and deep down below, the Cobra Bug's got an eye out for Joe. Cobra! Yo, Joe! Nobody beats G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe Phantom X-19. Sleek and mean and flying so fast, so fast it can't be seen. Nobody beats G.I. Joe, the real American hero. Cobra Bug comes with driver Phantom X-19 with pilot. Back to G.I. Joe. Big fight scene happens now between Sergeant Slaughter, Mindbender, Dreadnoughts, Sci-Fi, everybody. And everybody thinks it's a stunt show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, great. And, and you've got comic book nerds, uh, uh, older brother... Is absolutely the one last year was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wrote down here, oh shit, obnoxious <laughs> comic book people suck shit 30 years ago, too. Yeah, yeah. It's not just internet comments. This is how people actually talked to each other. Maybe we have come a little bit of a distance. Away. I like that. I like that Pencer's just chilling during this fight. Like he's he has no expression on his face. He's just like, ugh, these two guys are these two teams are fighting. What? And at some point, I like the nod to "We have ways of making you talk." Mm. Oh, so yep. great! Uh, first off, uh, the actual line. The demonstration at last year's convention was much more realistic. 
That is amazing. It's amazing, first <laughs> off. Uh, but uh, fuck that guy, too. That guy's an asshole and brings nothing of value to this world. <laughs> true. 100% true. And then... We have ways to make you walk. Yeah, that's pretty great. Mindbender's fantastic. Uh, uh, Mindbender oh, is a dream. And also, yeah, my favorite line. Why squander your talent working for inferior? This is it's a great what point. I it's a great feel point. like every day of my life. <laughs> Whenever Ray messaged you about getting, get, getting, <laughs> hey, are you? Are Why you... am I squandering my talents <laughs> on this podcast? We really need a meme of just Mindbender and then that set on it. So every single time I'm like, hey, Chan, can you upload me that file so we can get it online? You could just Boop. just send me that. I'll know exactly where you're coming from. That's fine. <laughs> Um, but th- they still think it's a stunt show, even though the Thunder Machine literally crashes through the wall of the Civic Center. Oh, some great, uh, <laughs> and that's the, the thing about practical effects. You can't beat practical <laughs> effects. You can't CGI that business in. But not just that. There's a moment where they're all just standing at each other about 20 feet away. Nobody's moving. They're just open firing at each other, yep. and nobody's hitting anything. Nope. So now I side with comic book guy why mm-hmm. I would believe that it's not real. Yep. 100%. Because there's n- no chance. Nobody gets hit. Not even a bystander. <laughs> Nobody gets hit anywhere. Yeah. Nobody feels threatened it, by this at all. It do- but So it does. it does feel very much like a display. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a set piece. Without uh, question. Oh, and you guys see the Spider-Man poster in the background? Yes, indeed. Yep. What a delight. My notes, Spider-Man. That's the Marvel mm-hmm. world we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sci-Fi basically saves the day by causing a Transformer-sized robot to fall on uh, uh, part of the Dreadnoughts. Uh, there's the mono bike. The mono wheel. The mono wheel. Don't there know we what go. that's all about. It's it's like, what if it was steampunk unicycle, but but futuristic? Steampunk. It's No, it's a uh, dune buggy penny farthing. There you go. In my world, a mono wheel is when you're like a freshman in college and <laughs> one Jesus, person on your dorm drinking. floor has mono and <laughs> you just you just in a circle you play I, spin the bottle and you I don't know who it's going to land on. Really thought you were going to take that in a different Wait, direction, but that's still horrifying. Is this a weird like Russian roulette? Thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with mono. None guys, of you have guys, to get mono, got, but one of you is. I got super bad mono in my freshman year. What did you get it playing spin the bottle? No, I still spin don't know how I got a, got it. They, they, the doctor was like, you can get it anyway. If someone's brushing their teeth and a little bit of their spit lands on your toothbrush or like you're sharing a toilet a lot. He's like, yeah, colleges are ripe with it. I was real sick for like three weeks, guys. I got super thin and everyone complimented me. Nice. Hey, how do I get that? This is the lesson to be learned. <laughs> that sounds uh... great. I was like 93 pounds. Oh, I could. If I was 93 yeah, pounds. you could do it, right? Get to, down to 90. As opposed to now when you were like, what, 98? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I put on a couple holiday pounds. <laughs> I put on a holiday singular pound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, for the record, if you search uh, mono wheel in Google, you get uh, vehicles that are so much more awesome than the thing that is oh, really? in this episode. Yeah, you know, it's that, that thing that's like a, a big giant oh, wheel. Oh, big doom wheel. A, yeah. yeah, like the, the, these are freaking awesome, and they're not really practical, but they're cool as shit. Oh, you, yeah. Chan. I would ride that. I would take that to work every day. Yeah, I'd ride. <laughs> oh, I'd ride that all day um, long. Mono wheel, mono wheel, mono wheel. <laughs> So how about the fact that Timothy punches Buzzer square in the face? You talk about Timothy doesn't do anything this episode. He defends Gina's honor by <laughs> punching Buzzer, who was chasing Junkyard. Yeah. He stood oh, there who likes and Timothy let now? him get a shot Here's in the thing. I thought that was cool. just to be kind. 
Because there is no way that little Timothy is punching Bozer hard enough. Knocked him the fuck down. I think think it's all his years of rage at taking care of his paralyzed brother. I'm telling you right now, you got that much much pent-up aggression. You have a socially accepted place where you get to actually punch somebody. You're going to pull from deep within you to just grind a heavy punch out. Also, you've never done a push-up in your life versus a dude who does this for a living. You don't know what he does. He might do he might do uh, rage push-ups in the like whenever his brother yells at him. <laughs> it's, it's... Also, this is when I realized that the voice was Frank Welker of Timothy, who who is also one of the Ghostbusters voices. Correct. Uh, 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 Frank Welker stands. is in literally everything. Everything. He dude yeah. is still alive and still working. He still uh, works. Yeah. His IMDb has ins- close to 800 credits on it. But most but, importantly, he's the voice of Nibbler on Futurama, the, which I'm wearing my Futurama thing. shirt right now. Oh, guys. there it is. Uh, I would say Megatron is probably his most from Transformers. Is and the, you know, it's the most recognizable because it's the uh, probably one of the most difficult to recreate. Because right. he, I mean, he he's one of those guys that does so many voices. Like he does Scooby Doo now. But he also um, is in tons of Disney movies as voices, which yeah. is like di- the Disney world is a hard one to uh, break into. He does when voices, you do everything, you'll get into Disney eventually. He, he does a lot of like animal noises yeah. and like things that people, you know, like, yeah, a lot of people can do like, hey, I'm the voice of the hero guy, but the voice of a cricket or a yeah, tiger yeah. to make an anthropomorphic animal is hard as shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. But the dude was, yeah, he's doing, doing super I, friends. I believe and, also, and I, I don't have this in front of me, I'm pretty sure Frank Welker also does the voice on G.I. Joe of Wild Bill. Yep. Oh, God, I love this guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write stuff just to put him in it. Of course, he probably um, costs a billion dollars. <laughs> uh, voice actors are never expensive. That's why they need 800 credits to make a living. Yeah. I, I don't That's not. I don't know if that's true. No? I think once you get to a certain point, it's like, oh, I'm demanding above, above. Like they're not just paying paying this guy scale. Basically, no, for yeah. sure not. Yeah, but oh. I'm just saying you could probably get him. That's also, uh, when you get him, you can speak to him about what was probably uh, the greatest role of his career as far as Gene Polito is concerned. Oh, Polly. Yes. Of course he did the voice yeah. of Polly. Of course he did the voice of Polly. Of course he did. Why do I even why even yeah. not even think yeah, about yeah. it? Just uh, whatever you think Frank Welker probably did, he He's almost done it. certainly did. And if he didn't, he'll do the next uh, iteration of it that comes out. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite is Soundwave. Uh, Soundwave's a great my voice. favorite uh, it's cartoon character of all time. And so yeah. I'm there a, it is. I'm a big Welkhead. Welkerhead? Welkhead? Welker um uh, Frank Welker fan? Gonna have to work on that one. That? Surely Frank Welker fans have a name. Hashtag name the Frank Welker fan club. <laughs> Find us at G.I. Joe Podcast. The Welkerians. Right. Anyway, so the cops show up to the sci-fi convention, and Timothy steals the havoc and just drives away so G.I. Joe doesn't have time to like, you know, pull out their funny badges or anything. Mm-hmm. They just jump on the havoc and drive away. Yeah. With no repercussions for anybody. Yeah, the cops don't shoot. They're like, ah, they're driving away in a huge weapon. Should we do anything? And Sergeant Slaughter looks like he's about to beat the fuck out of Timothy right there. Like, he grabs him by the arm and starts lifting him out of the chair. Mm -hmm. And Sci-Fi's like, no, man. Bring him on the dangerous mission. Timothy's tone is very like, (laughs) ah. I was just doing this thing. And it's like, yo, you almost just got shot in the face by a police officer. (laughs) That's... At least pretend to be a little concerned. Well, do we, can we have a sound poll for that, Chan? Do we have as to what he sounds like in that yeah. moment? Why? Hiya. You! What are you doing here? 
trying to help my brother. When the police surrounded you, I snuck into the controls and, well, here we are. Like, he's pretty he's pretty pleased with himself. I like he says, here we are, like he had nothing to do with it. Like, yeah. here's five things I did to lead us here, and, well, I don't know how it happened, but here we are. <laughs> Timothy, you just laid out everything you did to get us here. But he seems pretty pleased with himself, and it's like, yo, there's a lot of stuff going wrong. You probably shouldn't be so smug. Well, there's a point when you're guilty, and you're caught red-handed <laughs> being guilty doing something, when all you can do is just be like, gosh, I guess oh, I did shucks. it. <laughs> gosh, Gina, I guess I did cheat on you with those five other women. You caught us here all together at the same time. Don't know what to tell you. I'm not here mad. We are. I'm not mad. I'm just impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just a point. You know you're guilty. <laughs> the person you're talking to knows you're guilty. You could try to like, you know, no. You could try to trump it. I didn't do that thing you clearly saw me do on television. <laughs> but no, you just, there comes a point when it's just best to just own it, say, aw, shucks, and hopefully you can just move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh. Huge thing I noticed here in the Thunder Machine, as the as they're driving it in with uh, Jeremy, like chained to the top of it, the the th- the, the ledges uh, um, of the sides of the Thunder Machines have the pegs in them, and the pegs were important because all the GI Joes in the heels of their foot had a had a hole, so that way there were little pegs on all the vehicles, so you could stick them on the back and they would stick on and not fall off every five seconds. And I love the fact that they went through the trouble of modeling in <laughs> in the cartoon the actual pegs that would serve no purpose in an actual vehicle, but they put them in there anyway because you know what? That's, that's how the vehicle that's works. Fine, uh, but I'm not going to be impressed until uh, we see the bottom of a G.I. Joe foot and, and they have a huge hole, hole in it. Huge hole in it. That's how they do it. <laughs> I'm not going to be impressed until they pull off their pants and they have no genitals <laughs> and it's just flat like a like a but doll. Would that impress you, Gina? I'd be pretty disappointed because <laughs> if I'm meeting them in real life, I'm getting ready to bone one of them. Well, let's face it. They're all good looking dudes. And the yeah, weird yeah. hip joints where if you pull on them, there's like a little rubber band <laughs> yeah. tying, oh. tying the leg to the uh My torso has come off. I am spirit. <laughs> What the shit? <laughs> Your go-to? I'm ga- I'm my go-to is he, spirit, and I'm I don't know why. He used to rip off spirit's torso when he was my, a little kid. My spirit's oh, wow. torso did break when I was a kid. I think that's where the pull. You're, Gina, you're 100% correct. I'm pretty sure that's where the pull came from. Um, okay, so Penser absolutely dominates Dr. Mindbender here. He shows him the Voltronic Galaxer. He's like, can you fix it? He's like, can I fix it? My idiot kid brother Timothy could fix it. What kind of fucking idiot did made this shit? Oh, this is the first time that we hear that we hear uh, uh, Mindbender sort of like embarrassed. Who he's like, oh, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> he does. He's, he's like, like, he's like, uh, who, what morons been working on this? Oh, who knows? <laughs> because Dr. Mindbender is used to being the smartest man in the room. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I kind of want a sound a sound pull of that. Masterpiece. At this setting, the modulation will always cause it to self-destruct. What moron designed this? Moron? Well, never mind that. Can you fix it? <laughs> he gets mad I love for a it second, so much. and then he's like, oh, I'm embarrassed. I l- oh, wait, yeah, you're smarter than me, and I know it. Yeah, and, and that's... Part of Mindbender's charm <laughs> is that he is humble and he can recognize when he has fucked things up. You're like, oh yeah, uh, that's, that's well, me. He also has no options because it's not like he can kill this guy. He's like, moron, I will kill. Oh wait, I need you to fix this thing that I messed up. Never mind. When you work for Serpentor, you just have to be used to eating shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I would imagine that makes you humble whether you're humble or not. <laughs> you know, he's got that boss. 
Um, okay, so the G.I. Joe ends up showing up at the base. So we got started, and their radio doesn't work, so no reinforcements. So Buzz covered that base right there. Uh-huh. So you have Sci-Fi, Sergeant Although Slaughter, and Timothy. they should ideally have told them ahead of time, hey, here's where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> just follow our signal. I'm just happy because, generally speaking, this this issue never even gets broached. You know what I'm saying? Hey, last time it was, last time it was uh, we can't go back. We'd be too embarrassed. We'd be too embarrassed. Let's just do yeah. it on our own. These little kids well, and old people. There's a moment I want to break down right here because they're hanging around the door to the compound. They're like, how do we get in? So they're hiding by the side of the door and a battle android trooper mm-hmm. walks out the door, presumably from his break, yeah. Um, yeah. and then leaves the door I wide open. For a smoke break. <laughs> he leaves the door wide open and then doesn't notice the Joes who just mm-hmm. walk right in the open door to the compound. He has and got then, a lot on his mind. I would stop okay. you, but I'm on a break. <laughs> <laughs> Union rules. Not my job. <laughs> Like one, what is the bat doing? If he if he tours the perimeter, why isn't he just out on the perimeter? <laughs> why is he going back inside? Oh wait, he, he's uh, taking a quick jerk break. A quick this, jerk this made break. me giggle. We'll begin after the Voltronic Galactitar is completed. It must be ready for Cobra's new fall offensive. I like did, a new new fall catalog. Is yes, that where you're going with that? Yeah. <laughs> or like NBC is rolling out its new fall offensive. I. I feel like that's a no- that might be another. Is that like a thing for like Comedy Central roasts? Jeffrey Ross is back with the new Fall Offensive with Anthony Jeselnik <laughs> and Tosh.0. <laughs> I mean, I'm into it. I-, I would I would probably watch that. Yep, I would watch the new Fall Offensive. Um, so they try to reason with Jeremy, and I would, at this point, I'm, I, earlier Sci-Fi took a moment off camera to say something to Jeremy. So I, I thought maybe like they worked out some sort of big plan where he's like, pretend to go along with them, you know, break the thing, we'll rescue you, it'll be cool. And now it's like, they go back to try to reason with him a second time with nobody else around, and Jeremy's like, you know, F you, uh, G.I. Joe can't make me walk. And he's like, bitch, Cobra can't make you walk either. I, I disagree. I, I think, think Cobra could. You think yeah. they could? They, yeah. Cobra built an entire human being out of DNA. You don't think they could build some new spinal cells? Yeah, they'll just That's build the point. They'll replace uh, the bottom half of his body with uh, bubblegum and potato chips. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> Just doesn't or get too toasty. That's what they'll use to like stick to glue his spine back together. <laughs> Call back to our early episodes, which might probably be up. Is uh, what? What was that? Was that the first? Um, was it the first miniseries? No, no, that was the Synthoid conspiracy. conspiracy. I, I, we'll work on that one. I'll make sure we get that one up soon enough. If you guys haven't heard the Synthoid conspiracy, we'll get it back up in the archives. Soon enough for the main line. Yeah. Uh, G.I. Joe. Um, So there's a big fight scene that happens, and the Dreadnoughts are unprepared. So an amazing moment to me happens where Buzzer tries to fight Sergeant Slaughter while holding a half-eaten sandwich in his hands. All caps, I wrote, Buzzer eating apple? Question (laughs) mark. And I just love, he's like like trying to punch with just the one hand to not bother the sandwich. That's so amazing. I respect that, because that would be my first thought, too. If someone came and attacked me after I had just made or had a sandwich delivered to me. Mm-hmm. You'd be doing that Krav Maga shit with yeah. the sandwich in hand. Or like I would be like, oh, hold on. I'm just going to put this in the fridge where it's safe. <laughs> this is my question for Buzz because he's talked before about the animators getting things literally. And I'm wondering if he wrote in the notes, Buzzer attempts to fight Sergeant Slaughter in a ham-fisted way. And they put a ham sandwich in his fist while they're doing the fighting. Because if that's true, no. it's the happiest moment of my entire no. life. 
Well, whatever. I'm in favor of it. So at the end of this fight scene happens here with Zorana getting over on everybody. Hells she's yeah. always the, she's Hell she's yeah. a, she's always the badass of every episode. Like er, she's just chilling, watching this fight, and then someone's like, "Hey, can you fight?" And she's like, "Yep." And as soon as yeah, like, "Hey, can you join this fight, Zorana?" She's like, "Thanks for yeah, asking. That's what you're paying me for." Yeah, uh, yeah. One shot, boom, havoc explodes. Like yeah. even Timothy or whoever's just like, "Man, she's really good at yeah <laughs> at flying she, this thing and shooting at us." It's like, don't work harder, work smarter. That's it. Uh, also, uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, her her line when he tells her to stop him. You're the doctor. <laughs> Tight, I mean, and, she's then, and then <laughs> she's enjoying it. I yeah. like a lady who I enjoys like her work. Yeah, I, she's got a she's got a great uh, maniacal laugh. She's got a great attitude too. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Real and somehow they positive. get blown up in an old Hollywood like ghost town from an old western shoot like mm-hmm. it was just there's like five old timey buildings yeah. none of which look occupied and it was just a strange location well it is general uh it is a targeting area oh okay so they dr mindmeter makes all these crazy inventions i'm like let's see if it can destroy a town it's uh, fair enough so again if i'm superbly uh supremely evil enough i would say let's just blow up a real town well, no, because we tr- this is this is his home base where he makes all sorts of toys. You. So you're going to have to try a variety of toys on this thing. Mm-hmm. After the first one, the civilians are going to think to themselves, huh, maybe we should check out that castle where all those giant lasers are coming out of destroying our houses. A smart call. Yeah. But if you've already bought off like local law enforcement and whatnot, like make right. everybody look the other way until you blow up the uh, uh police station and then like okay that's really too it's far like, it's like the umbrella corporation uh, from resident evil you know it was mm-hmm. going all fine until the giant mansion blew up as did the police station in town yeah. mm-hmm. 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 it's all facts um and I, I have written down here uh, dr mindbender's hard as fuck yo he tells jeremy's like murder your brother <laughs> hey i know yeah. we've only been doing this like half a day but uh, uh you gotta murder your brother right now uh pretty cool right he did his research. Cobra has no use for him or for emotional weakness. Or for emotional weakness. He says, shouting at him uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> That's emotional strength. Um, uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Serpentor is still your leader, right? <laughs> the most emotionally weak character. I mean, they're all emotionally weak. They just don't see it. No, no, no. The emotion- when you're loud, you're strong. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't. I don't think you people are grasping. I've learned a lot about leadership. <laughs> you should be strong, and we need a president who is strong. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Yeah. So the louder you are, the better president you are. As long as you're tweeting really angry, things, all caps is helpful. Unstable. Where's um, President Serpentor's Twitter account? <laughs> Real President Serpentor on Ooh. Twitter, because that just seems to me like something that we should be doing. Everyone oh, knows my President. God. Everyone knows President Serpentor is a puppet of the October Guard. Oh, without question, <laughs> we need to start a Serpentor Twitter. I might be starting one tonight. We just need to copy and paste every trophy <laughs> and leave it as is. Leave it as, and just have Serpentor's face. I mean, you could do that now. You could register President Serpe- Serpentor. Yeah. You just I might, add this I guys, command to every tweet and you're fine. I might be doing this tonight. Yeah, do it. <laughs> guys, follow at President Serpentor on Twitter if it's not already you better, a thing. You better make it a thing now. I, I'm, I'm on the record. I have to do it. Yeah. Um, also, like Dr. Mindbender is hard. He's also cold as fuck as well, I wrote here, because when Jeremy won't murder his brother, he picks up him and his entire wheelchair and just tosses him off to the side of the room. Yes, he does. Holy F. I mean... Do- He's got that core strength, and I loved him for it. Can I say right now? I've been waiting for somebody to knock Jeremy's dumb face in. Yeah. And it turned out Dr. Mindbender was going to be my hero for that. Here's, yeah. I mean, 
when Jeremy um, uh, makes it uh, clear that he is weak, uh, that he doesn't deserve to be a Cobra scientist, he gets tossed aside just like an old sack of potatoes. Correctly. Just like he should have done. Correctly. He's still, he's still the smartest human being alive. Right, but... Can't he, use that guy in our organization. <laughs> but he, he proves that he cares for Timothy, which is clearly the wrong call. Well, bring Timothy in. Bring Timothy into Cobra, right? Oh, God. Could you imagine all day long? I don't think this is a good idea. Oh, why are these? Why are we say? Why, like, why are we murdering these people for no reason? He's like cousin when, when they brought when? cousin Oliver onto the Brady Bunch. <laughs> cousin Oliver's catchphrase really was, "I was just trying to help." So, so Timothy is the cousin Oliver no. of the Cobra organization. Yes, he is. You have Timothy. Yes, he no, is. you put Timothy down at that R and R base in Antarctica. Oh, you, yeah. you put him down there as like the guy who like washes the towels or something. Like you give him some like menial job with a little bit of customer service attached to it, and you forget about him. Jeremy, your brother's taken care of. Also, you have to keep working for us or we will murder him. Isn't that some yeah. decent motivation? Yeah. That's Since solid. That, yeah. Use use it. Don't just discard him because he has a weakness. Exploit the weakness. See, the problem is Mindbender was under a time crunch. If he had a little more okay, time to I flesh this out, that's absolutely the way you go. And that's just Serpentor breathing down his neck too hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's really yeah. it. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. You read too many Lee Iacocca books and you oh. know, you're going to start making mistakes. Into it. <laughs> Uh, okay, and, and we're almost to the end of the episode right here because it's just a whole bunch of fighting and explosions. But Monkey Wrench from a helicopter throws a bomb right at Timothy, and it's a moment that needs mentioning because Timothy <laughs> catches the the dynamite wrapped together in the cord, looks at it, sees the timer. What do I do with this? <laughs> no, Timothy, what do you do with the bomb the stranger just threw at you from a helicopter? Yeah, it hasn't exploded yet, it's and just it's taking there. way too long to explode. Mm-hmm. Bad job, Monkey Wrench. <laughs> I assume that it was a uh, uh, impact trigger. So he, I mean, he caught it really well, real soft. Okay. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> fucking throw it. Uh, yeah. What do I do with the bomb that's about to explode that I'm holding on to? Don't hold on to it. Maybe he's mm-hmm. worried that he can't throw it far enough. Maybe he wants to know, like, hey, if I throw this, how far do I have to throw it so it doesn't hurt me? Uh, the thunder machine is barreling down on you. I got an idea. <laughs> I got an idea where you can put it. Uh, How about that thing that's about to be speedily going away from you? Uh, also, uh, R.I.P. Thunder Machine. Oh, that thing is done. Man, that was a prototype. Where's yeah. he going to get another one? Yeah, uh, I have a feeling he'll, he'll find a way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're at the base. You know, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter just crushes everybody. He just basically, you just write him in when you just need a force of nature to just be like, and this battle is victorious. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he just does it. Um, okay, so we get to the, uh, they're going to save Jeremy, who's now been tossed out of his wheelchair, and instead of just, was the wheelchair broken? Why doesn't he just crawl back into the wheelchair again? Oh, does, I mean, he still can't reach the button that he needs. Yeah, but I figure if he was at least sitting down, he'd have a better chance at it. He's like leaning up against the elevator panel to try to open it, and this is where we find out why we need Timothy, because he just picks him up like, like nothing, and runs the hallway with him at full speed, gets into the helicopter, and takes off as the castle's exploding. Because uh, Jeremy, he did set the thing up to explode. Yep. So when he decided he was done with this shit, uh, it's over. And I will take it back. Uh, it appears that Timothy is pretty strong. So he, like, when he decks Buzzer, that was probably legit. Yep. Yeah. And he could have thrown the bomb as far as he needed to. Yeah. yeah. So maybe quit asking stupid questions like i'm super strong and i have a a giant uh, bomb what should i do with it 
<laughs> Throw it, dummy. Well, Timothy lacks confidence, and I think Timothy part of lacks that, so many things. But it's because Jeremy's beating him down all the time. I bet he's got a big old peen, though. Oh, I bet he does. I bet he's got mm. a big, big peen. Oh, he's probably going to get that confidence hanging. where where most men get their confidence. Wait a minute, is this banging pod- banging lots are you of ladies? Saying that he's Podrick. <laughs> yeah, from Game of Thrones. Exactly. I'm into it. Exactly. Yeah. And then they everybody have, wants they have to get on. Personalities. I would not be surprised. Oh, that's true, huh? Maybe he grows up to be Podrick. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I just have here at the end, Jeremy's a fucking dick. Still yep. being a dick. Yep, that's what I wrote. That was the last thing I wrote also. Um, and this is where I have yeah. to mention that Buzz Dixon reached out to me. And I think this is the scene he was talking about because, and let me just pull up the, the message here. Uh, I reached out to Buzz Dixon, a writer of this episode, uh, to tell me, is there any like little quick hitters you can tell us about this episode? And he said, uh, he ha- there was a father from Pennsylvania, if he remembers correctly, who called Hasbro and complained that this episode was spreading homosexual propaganda. Uh, what? <laughs> because, and I have to imagine, it's because of the tender moment that Jeremy and Timothy have, despite the fact it's it's like yeah. really like, it's it's borderline gay, but it, they're brothers, so it really can't be. No, yeah, It's a it, tender brotherly moment it, yeah, it where reads, they're touching hands. It reads as a family love. I'll be honest, when I first saw it, I was like, this is getting a little weird. I Dude, did. He touches his hand. It's not like he like it's, goes up I his think... arm and like tenderly <laughs> caresses his head or anything like this that. Guy, I, I I hope this guy has no male family members <laughs> because because anytime like someone like his dad's on his deathbed and he's like son come closer and he's like no homo <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying right here he's like no son let I'm let me hug you. I think it's because there's like romantic music swirling in the background <laughs> and then he tenderly touches his hand as they're like sharing an intimate moment but because of the nature of the scene where they are blood brothers yeah. it's not gay here's no. the thing the original on tv <laughs> did have a, a, a two weeks later they both fucked no that's not <laughs> it, had, it had a little it had a little title card at the end a little a little where are they now like at the no. at the end of nash lampoon's <laughs> animal house and it turns out they're married this dude yeah. goes goes home for thanksgiving and his mother's like let me give you a hug he's like no Stop trying to have sex with me, mom. That's gross. Who's the dad from PA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Buzz's second thing here says he wishes he could have taken that complaint call. <laughs> he the only question he would have asked is, "Have you ever seen an episode of He Man?" <laughs> and God bless you, Buzz Dixon. You are a hundred percent correct as usual. Uh, it just killed me that kind of like in that moment, I was like, that was weird. Only to find out that somebody actually had the impetus to call Hasbro and be like, what's with your queer stuff you putting in your G.I. Joes? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that guy. That's the guy who did not watch the episode uh, at all. To be fair, in the script, it did say uh, he tenderly touches his hand as a one homosexual does to another homosexual <laughs> before <laughs> they engage in homosexual sex. Before they do that gay shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, the animators, just, animators nailed it. What can I say? It's com- it's comforting to see how little how little things have changed. Nothing's changed. <laughs> the whole point of this episode that I learned is that nothing has fucking changed in thirty one years. Yeah, nerds are still obnoxious dickheads. Uh, smart people are fucking assholes, and there's still there's still a crazy leader in charge. There's of a, things that he shouldn't be in charge of, and there's still gay panic happening over things that brothers are doing. <laughs> like, dear lord, people, the more things change, Chan, the more things stay exactly the same. <laughs> True that. 
And that's it's a weird ending to the episode. It just sort of ends with a weird, like, non-ending of, yeah, he's a dick to me, but that's how he likes me. Okay, bye. <laughs> what? That's not healthy at all. But that's the end of My Brother's Keeper. I'd look up the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, I wasn't going to get away with that one, so I might as well... <laughs> I was just trying to help. Like you it, see? it registered on the microphones, you pausing, thinking about it, grabbing your notes, flipping it over so that you could read what you wrote at the top. Listen, mistakes are made. <laughs> I'm basically the Timothy of this show. I've just learned. Uh, you this, just, this is we a... went over this in the episode proper. Oh. Gina called it out specifically. I was probably tuned out. <laughs> Uh, this was a Bechdel fail. Oh, other, it's not other like we had a the, chance. No, no. Other than the kickass, there were two Cobra kickass lady women in the, wim- in the beginning, and, and and Cobra Lady at the start. That's what I just said. Yeah. I hate you so much. Ray. Oh, Jesus Christ! I thought you were talking about Zorana kicking ass. <laughs> yes. Well, you, you can Cobra say, Lady. You, would, you could just say Zorana because she has a name. Cobra Lady. <laughs> we assume Gina remembers name. the name. That, Come that, on. that is a good. That's a good point. All right. Point. Stakanus. <laughs> it's the only one I'm getting, so I may as well take it. After deductions, it's still a fail. Don't worry. Did little kids call you stuck anus when you were little? Oh yeah. Oh, I just yeah, I just a, thought you of just that. put that together. I just Ooh. thought of that. Welcome to third grade. I mean, jeez. <laughs> What's weird to me is when there's like burns than I am. there's grown adults who like every once in a while will like say it, and I will look at them and be like, "The fuck is wrong with you at this point?" <laughs> you know, we're all adults now, right? That like. <laughs> Yes, I'm sorry I'm saddled with a name that's funny sounding. I really can't do anything about it. Yeah, you could have. You could have taken your wife's name. Yeah. Oki? Yep. Yeah. You think Ray Oki would have been just like, nobody's making fun of that. You won't be hearing Okie Dokie the entire rest of your life, as my adult wife still hears all the time. You could have combined your last names into a, a bomb-ass last name like my friends did. Okanus? That's not good. Ooh. Or Stokopi? Stokie. Stokie, Sto- dude. Stokie is not a good name. Yes, That's it awesome. is. That reminds That's people of Stokie. They would think like you were they a think strong, like I'm Winston Churchill. wealthy white man. <laughs> Well, I'm white. I <laughs> at least got that part right. My friends, uh, my friends got St- married, and one one's name was uh, I, I believe one's name last name was uh, Lampson. Okay, and the other was Opstad, and so they're now the Lampstads. Decent. That's at yeah. least that 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 flows. I'm with that. Stokey. No, that's Just- that's awesome. If if I had that option, I would absolutely take it. My name does not combine well uh, with Shark. my fiance's name. No. Shark. It's nope. got to be Shark. Nope. That's <laughs> awful. It sounds terrible. Clark and Chan. Nope. Shark. Nope. You guys, you're with me at home. Mm-mm. Anyway, that's the end of the episode right there. Enough name bashing for one day. <laughs> um, so if you want to reach out to us, please, we can go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast to join our super secret, like extra bonus episode program. Uh, this week, we're going to be uh, recording. Why didn't you call it that? I can't remember what I said. I understand why ago. why people wouldn't be uh, uh, wouldn't sign up for it because it's like a dumb name. It's like access our vault. So we you think super secret bonus programs? Super secret super secret bonus program. Okay, that's it. What it's called now? Yeah. Access the super secret bonus program. We're going to be doing only human the Transformers episode with Drunk History's Benny Arthur. Mm-hmm. If it all comes together, we assume it will because mm-hmm. we talked to him and he said I'm, he's do it. Yeah. If he doesn't show up tomorrow <laughs> night, then we'll just it, it helps. Go, go walk over his house and knock on his door. It's a good point. Uh, <laughs> And you can also hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast, or uh, we're on the Boardwalk Audio site. Is it boardwalkaudio.com slash knowing is half the podcast? Mm-hmm. Go there, there and click on that Amazon link. Yeah, if you're going to so buy on Amazon. 
What yeah. the heck? Well, what's it hurt? It only helps us, and you like us, in mm-hmm. theory. I mean, if you've made it this far, there is literally no way that you cannot not like us. I mean, what's your hang-up at this point? <laughs> yeah, it would be super weird. Like, if you... I guess you could hate listen. Do people hate listen to podcasts? I, no. I think they do, but it doesn't last more than a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah not for an hour. Jeez. Also, Chan and I, uh, first of all, we have a we have a Doctor Who live show this coming this Thursday. Oh shit. Le- yesterday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. But, Nailed but it. this weekend, uh will be if you're if you're fans of Defy Media or Break.com or Screen Junkies, Chan and I wrote some uh Jokes, they're doing a roast of Disney characters. That's right. Oh, is that coming out already? Yeah, they're filming it uh, Friday, today. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, so if you watch the roast, it's a, it's a bunch of comedians. They dress up like uh, Disney characters, and in character, they roast one another. And, and we had Chan, Hal Rudnick Chan on the wrote, show. Yeah, yeah. He's involved He, he might be involved in this one. He played uh, Severus Snape in the roast of Harry Potter. Yep. And Red Skull in the roast of Captain America. Yeah, so he yep. will probably be there. I'm not, I'm not sure who he'll be playing. Maybe, maybe Aladdin. I would love to see it, <laughs> but yeah, if you've got if you've got that, if you're into that stuff, watch that. You'll see some jokes that Chan and I wrote into it. Ooh. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we're at GI Joe Podcast. Individually on Twitter, I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And come on back Wednesday. Um, we're going to have some more uh, words, hopefully, from Buzz talking about my brother's keeper. And um, if you're a Patreon subscriber, keep an eye this weekend for Only Human. Because yeah. you're only human after all. I'm just a man, and you're just a podcast listener. I would choke on the rhymes, but the... Hello, dear listeners. Do you enjoy playing video games with your best friends? Then I have the pod for you. I'm Philip, host of The Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Each week, my co-host Nave and I break down a cooperative experience in gaming. And we are always looking for new co-op partners to join us. So come play with us on The Gaming Together podcast. So I'm standing over this toilet taking a piss and I'm playing my Pokemon and I dropped it in the toilet. I remember the Game Boy just tumbling in the water. And I remember screaming for my mom trying to get this Game Boy. Wait, how old are you? And she yelled at me. She yelled at me. Oh and I was my just, god. Like, traumatized. I was like, no, my, my Pokemon. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Come on down, co op partners.